Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, comrades. Uh, this episode is going to be a bit more cheerful uh, and more cheerful than usual because it's literally made in Easter. It's actually a very heavy subject. Well, you'll, you'll hear it yourselves, but it might be a bit shocking. This is a, this actually is a very much a darker episode than usual, but it's full with black comedy. Uh, the style is a bit different than usual, but you know, I hope it's going to be fine, and I hope you'll enjoy this show because we just couldn't speak about this subject in any other way than uh, than we did. Hope you won't mind. Now, enjoy the show. Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the Eastern Border, the special episode, special Easter episode, I even presume, as it's Easter, and I'm working hard on the new episode uh, in the narrative about the Commonwealth, that's how it's going to be named, it's about Poland, Lithuania, and yeah, we found out that we actually make great narrative episodes if we have time to prepare and do all the research necessary. So yeah, you're getting a special out again in the Easter in this very happy celebratory mood where we're going to talk about the Soviet criminal code. We we ha- I have happened to find I have happened to find a book that has come into my possession and this is a book of uh, Soviet criminal code, but this is the special edition. This is the, the edition with with commentaries which was meant for Soviet law students, judges, and you know everyone who was just interested not only what did the law say, but also, why did it did it say the things it did? And as it's Easter right now, and my little brother's wife is away in the countryside, I've, I've grabbed my little brother here, and we're basically yeah, we're drinking beer, and gonna we're gonna be talking about the book which essentially sent a bunch of our countrymen to certain death in gulags and many other people. What a lovely subject, isn't it right, Car? Isn't it right, Charlie? Exactly, though I gotta say one thing first, it's not just a book for people who are interested in the law, it's a good book for anybody to pick up, because, you know, this is a goldmine, dude. Uh, you just gave this book to me, I'm like, okay, how fun could it be, and oh boy, if you read in between the lines, you can just see the Soviet thinking, and it's amazing. It, it works this way, because, you see, when we're when we're talking about, the, the, about all of this and this funny voice and everything, it is because, literally, you you can't. Uh, discuss Soviet criminal law in any other way, but with, you know, huge jaded glasses and cheerful gallows humor. Because remember, 
Happiness is mandatory. Oh, Charlie, you're, you're, this, this is great. This is great. Alice, leave this one in. It's amazing. <laughs> anyway, let's start with the big stuff. I mean, the stuff that interests you. And one of the things that really interested me was that recently, you know, um, in, in Russia, in modern-day Russia, about a week or so ago, uh, a caricature was, was posted. I guess it was a poster in, in a protest action where Putin was depicted uh, wearing makeup and he was depicted wearing makeup on on this gay gay you know this this uh, gay pride flag this rainbow flag in the background and and it basically the the picture kind of uh, ma- meant to say that it was like stop homophobia also on it uh, and yeah and this this person who made this this thing he got sued because uh, apparently it's now illegal in Russia to depict someone as uh, it's illegal in Russia to depict Putin as a gay clown. I think. By, by the way, by the way, interesting fact is that like I posted this on my Facebook page, and uh, one of our one of our listeners, Dave, <laughs> who's like our very first listener. Hi, Dave. Uh, yeah, he he asked a very important question. Well, okay, but what about straight clowns? What about the very angry mimes? So yeah, we started this, and, and you know, uh, and this person who made this poster, he was punished by being sent to a psychiatric ward. Like he got forcibly. He he had to have a forcible, enforced, you know, psychiatric treatment. And I thought, oh yeah, well, this is just back to Andropov's era. But then, then when we read this, read this book, and when we figured things out, turns out it's actually quite, quite different than in, in that era. And you know what? I'll start with the with the big stuff, uh, and then we'll, we'll just, just segue to this matter. Yeah, I, I'm just saying I just found uh, a point that this could kind of technically be Article 128 about uh, harming one's honor. Okay, what does it say? Okay, so... Let, let's presume Mr. Putin has honor and we can harm mm-hmm. it by depicting him as a gay clown. Okay, well, technically it could kind of be said that they tried to uh, take uh, make him have a hit upon his honor directly... Uh, kind of, you know, uh, try and humiliate him. Maybe that, that, I guess that was the point of the judges that they were trying to pull this one off. And according to this, uh, for doing yeah, so... Yeah, because the, the current Russian criminal code is based on this. Just saying. Yeah, and uh, you can get punished with uh, forced labor up to six months or a uh, penalty. Well, okay, add back at a time... Uh, 30 rubles? Okay, that's not that 30 much. rubles is, is... But it was... I imagine this at this time. Wait a minute. Wait 30 a ruble average salary is 120 rubles. Yeah. That's like one quarter of your salary. Uh, I forgot which crime was it, but there was one with 1,000 rubles penalty, I think. Oh, yeah. This, or this you could crazy. go one year to jail. I'd go to jail, I'd say. In Soviet Russia, you go to jail? I, or 1,000 so. rubles, dude. Well, yeah, but see, we, we, we went into this situation, but see, uh, he was sent to psychiatric court for treatment, but... Well, the weirdest part is that this psychiatric thing, it's right in the beginning of the book about treatments. And when you think about it, technically, under Soviet law, you can be sent to the psychiatric ward for various reasons if the court decides that you're unstable. However, however, if the court does so, the act that you did while being mentally ill, according to Soviet law, is not considered a crime. And legally, you being sent to the psychiatric ward is not a punishment. And the weirdest part is, th- this can be applied to you, like you can be forcibly sent to the psychiatric ward if the court decides that you even suddenly got ill during the investigation. And you know what? Chronic alcoholics and drug addicts are considered to be mental ill by this, so if you were drunk, like driving under the influence, 
the court can, the court can decide that you're actually mentally ill and you can be just sent off sent off to psychiatric wards. Also, if you like, for example, humiliated our beloved general secretary. Well, obviously, no sane person would do that. Yeah, like who would do that? Putin's a great guy, right, everybody? Yeah, it's just amazing. And in, and in the Soviet era, it's like you know, Tovarish Khrushchev is obviously the best. Uh, no sane person would do this. So yeah, they send it there. But the weirdest part is, and this is again, again it comes back to gay clowns. <laughs> Homosexuals are not mentally ill by this law. Yeah, they're just criminals. They're, they're just criminals. See, the thing is, it is a crime to be a homosexual. Uh, not per se. Wait, wait, let, a... me, let me finish this. Okay. But, unlike, you know, uh, normally I went into this expecting the usual that being homosexual is a crime and that they would treat homosexuality as a mental illness as, as it was treated in, in, in the conservative, uh, conservative United States and Western era, like, for a long time. And, and like right now, there are people who, who would argue this, but the Soviets didn't consider gay people to be mentally ill. They were never sent to psychiatric wards. However, it was a crime to be a homosexual. Therefore, gays are not mentally ill. They're just complete monsters. Complete monsters, I tell you. Uh, and that's the feel that you get when you read this act on pederasty. I don't even know how to be pederasty. Talk- it's just that. It's yeah. just that. Okay. Yeah, and the idea is uh, they actually talk about this whole being gay thing like to the bare minimum. Like they only mention that, you know, this uh crime involves people who do this and this. Okay, you can try and satisfy your homosexual needs in like other ways, but if you fuck somebody in the ass, oh yeah, by the way, only men can be homosexuals. Only m- men can rape somebody, but women can be accomplices. Women, yeah. yeah, women can be accomplices of rape, but they cannot rape anyone, and only only males can be homosexuals, and that's a crime. Yeah, like like how they talk about this. Uh, be, uh, uh, both participants of the uh, act can be called to uh, responsibility. Wait a minute, the wait a minute, one wait a minute, and the passive one. I just love the wording here. Wait a minute. So if you commit homosexual rape. No, that's that's called pederasty. Homosexual rape doesn't apply as rape. It's a it's a special thing. Okay, so if you rape someone just normally, then that's rape. Yeah, if you rape a woman. If, if you rape a, a woman, then that's rape. If you rape another man, then that's called pederasty. And the man who got raped is also a criminal now. Uh, they will t- take a look at all uh, the evidence and they will decide. But essentially, they talk about gay people, you know, just being. What they are, they talk about it uh, like the, the bare minimum. They mention it in the the next point that you know that uh, they are both guilty if they both had the intent to actually do this. And there are some, and then they list uh, the rest of the things that kind of qualify, uh, you know, to being a part of this crime. And th- these, uh, and amongst these things, I was surprised that they didn't mention the fact that they have this intercourse thing. And but the but the the things that do apply is that you use violence against uh, the uh, against the party that was the suffering side. Uh, forgot the wording, uh, the word there, the victim, the victim, yeah, the victim, yeah. the victim, yeah. Or uh, yeah, you can uh, you can use violence. You can threaten to use violence. You can use the fact that he's unable to act and uh, be able to make decisions uh, rationally. Or uh, you can use the state of uh, you can use his uh, state as a d- addicted, or you can uh, perform a pederasty with a minor. 
Oh, that's, wow. That sounds well. And they do. this is what qualifies for this crime. And at the previous point, the canon said that they both must have intent to, you know, have intercourse. But at the same time, when they're talking about what qualifies, like here, when they listen down, they don't mention and this. It's, is, it's like this attitude of, those are not normal people who do that. They are definitely criminals or something. You just get this, this feel this out is of reading like, this. Because you know what? Essentially, and, and this, this whole gay cloud affair and everything, this just proves one thing. It, it's it's like this saying about the KGB. See, there's a person, and you can find the crime for that person. Because literally, you're all you're all, you're all like uh, you're all criminals. If the state wants you to be, if the state decides that it's time for you to go to jail, they will find for what to put you in jail. Exactly. And uh, but wait, and this in addition thing, in addition to all of this, by the way, uh, if you just happen in any regular intercourse whatsoever, uh, if you if you happen to get an STD. But refused to get it treated. Uh, after a state official, they had uh, a some sort of. You had, to, I think, it was a state official. If if a state official told you to go get treated, if you didn't do it, if you actively avoided seeking treatment out and doing what doctor told you to, well, uh, then you can put uh, be put up in the locker for two years, forced labor up to one year, or one hundred rubles, guys. That just sounds. And swell. it's like I don't know, I don't know what why, why it's there in the books because yeah. you know what, go go get treatment for your illness. Yeah. I shall not. Then yeah. you go to prison. Also, a nice thing. Uh, for putting somebody in intentional danger of getting an STD also gets you the same penalties. I don't know, it's like... No, I can understand, like, uh, uh, dumb teenagers doing it in the 21st century, but, you know, I'm reading about this, and, you know, they don't put in the law there without a reason, but uh, as I'm reading all of this, they're sometimes, they're, they're really nice with wording, this reads really nicely, but you see how sometimes they're just vague enough for you, for them to be able to put anything See, onto you. The, the law looks kind of, you know, you read, and it looks semi-okay until you read the commentary section where all hell breaks loose. Now, think about it, the big stuff. I mean, we, we went from, from like, all this, all this weird stuff. Now, now let's go to the hardcore things, okay? So, um, uh, for one point, I imagine that, you see, uh, depicting Putin as a gay clown, um, like, and we're, we're talking, like, stereotypically here. I thought that would be kind of, like, treason. But, but turns out it's not. Because, uh, I'm talking about treason itself. Uh, treason is, um, essentially the usual stuff under the Soviet law. It's like spying, doing, like spying, deserting, voluntary, uh, voluntary surrendering to the enemy, uh, you know, all, all this, all this wrecking of stuff, uh, intentional sabotage and everything. But, but, what's more? High treason is also considered to be <clears throat> escaping to foreign countries. Or refusing to return from them—that's high treason. And I thought, well, you know, uh, this this is just just random. But the law specifically, and and it's and it's mentioned there in the commentary section. It specifically states that moving to another country for quality of life reasons, for very basic prosperity reasons, for you know not wanting to do pointless work for pointless pay—that's a most heinous crime. Well, I gotta say. They're the most advanced society I've ever seen. It's, it's just just terrible. Because you know, Charlie, you you have worked. What do you mean years. it's terrible? You're supposed to be happy. What, Charlie, my brother here, he spent a year working in the United, United Kingdom under USSR law. He is an evil to the core criminal who wants to destroy society. Everything. I mean, every migrant ever. Uh, by the way, uh, the, at the same time, anyone who wishes oh. to migrate to the Soviet Union was welcome with open arms. 
But, you know, if you decide to actually leave, but why would you do that? You live in the greatest country ever. Um, you get, you can get punished to 10 to 15 years in gulags. Or, or just regular prison. Uh, gulags are just a possibility. A hint, a hint of gulag. Uh, but confiscation of property, of course. Or, you know, the usual death by shooting. You, however, uh, technically, under the Soviet law, cannot uh, commit high treason if you're under 16. So, you know, if you're a 15-year-old and you're feeling rebellious, you can try to escape. But they're just gonna shoot all your family because aiding someone in escaping from all of this for any reason whatsoever is also, guess what, high treason. Uh, you know, everybody else who managed to, unfortunately, remain aside and remain back in the great USSR had some somehow survive, and we all have pretty much learned by now that, you know, you manage to deal with another guy, and you get shit done, and sometimes you know that the shit you just got might not be exactly legal. Like, blood noise, blood noise system, you know? Uh, the, the, the usual, you know, you want you want to get those fancy jeans, you go to the black market, you... Or, or wait a minute, even cola. Even Coca-Cola, yeah, I mean, I'm, you, you you have to manage things somehow, and I've, I've been mentioning smuggling, black market and everything, all around this place on the show so far. So what does, what does the law have to say about that? Well, pretty much everybody who actually tried to survive then in that case is gonna go to jail for what do we get ourselves... For trying to do it once, uh, jail time up to one year or 100 rubles, guys. But if you're a repeat offender, we got ourselves a special deal for you. Up to three years of jail time, confiscating the ma uh, your property, or maybe not even confiscating it if you're lucky enough and managed to roll that lucky <laughs> dice. I, I know how this works, I know how this works, okay? So, you, so the nice men from KGB come to you and they're like, oh, so you're doing this again, eh? Well, if you just slip some uh, two bottles of, uh, you know, cognac and and, uh, and 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 nice jeans, then we will not confiscate your property. I'm pretty sure this is what happened. I mean, if you think about it. Yeah, pretty much. Because Otherwise, you know, pretty then, much a whole nation could be screwed, I'd say. Because the nice men from the KGB, they also need to live and get their own share from the black market, obviously. So this is what they did. Yep, but but all of this, all of this is just, just you know, uh, this could be understood today because I know that Latvia, for one... You know, it's money money laundering, and you can't launder money acquired from illegal goods. I mean, if you try to legalize money, drug money in some way, yeah, uh, like marketing stolen goods away is is a crime. But the problem is, as everyone has to do it as a basic daily necessity just to survive, this this alone can get you in a lot of trouble. And basically, everyone does it, and everyone knows that everyone is doing it, but it's still a crime. But the thing is, thing is, if you're just doing thing something which is very normal in today like i don't know um if i want to sell something to you and you know uh, like i don't know i, I work in um, for let's say i work in a cafeteria and i have acquired some uh, real meat and i have just snuck, snuck and stuffed something away and now i want to sell it that's obviously a crime because uh, you know how, how how terrible is it? How does how does crimes against money money work in work in the system? Well, there were a few interesting type of ways as it came to that because they actually talk about you know running a business, that, but it kind of is illegal if you try and take advantage of the uh, all of you know the social system trying to acquire goods illegally and then trying to pass them on that that kind of works here like that but it uh, talks exactly about you know businesses trying to do that but i just love how 
in a few articles later, we got ourselves uh, an article about speculation, how, you know, it, it, uh, it, what a normal business does, you know, you buy goods, or, you know, you pay people who provide services, and then you kind of sell a service or a good. That's yeah. how normal economy works. And you can get thrown in jail for that, up to two years, or forced labor up to one year. Or so, 200 rubles, guys. Yeah, this is, this is like, if you, if you, if you try to do business, that's a crime. Because also, it's a crime to sell anything uh, at any rate. Just just you know, after see if you if you sell something which is not exactly according to the market prices, uh, which are set by the government. Oh, lovely government with their planned economies, which totally work. Yeah, uh, yeah. This this is uh, this is Yugi Jail time. And by the way, this book was written in 1982. So yeah, this is not Stalinist era laws which we're talking about here. No, no, no. Uh, this is 1982. You you can get thrown into prison for you know yeah. whatever. Uh, well, uh, technically though, if you grow your own milk and then try to you know sell it uh, like at your local fair or something, then it's a okay. But if you buy something and then resell it now, that's a big issue here. The thing is, in, in the comments section, it basically states that this speculation or how we would understand today. Being an entrepreneur, do, running a business, is <clears throat> one of the most dangerous crimes which threatens the socialist trade and, and the Soviet consumer interests. And this apparently uh, speculation, which would be, again, today, normal running a normal business, is <clears throat> it eliminates normal circulation of uh, consumer goods. And destroys the very principles of uh, how society, how a socialist society should be built. Uh, by the way, you know, you read that and you reminded me about the thing that my mother once said after uh, after the collapse of USSR. You know how she had uh, been reading books about how USSR is supposed to work. You know when she was a kid, when she was cool and all. And after that, she got the chance to read some books about capitalism. And uh, after reading the books uh, on socialism, again, after she had read something about capitalism, you know, kind of the main idea is to make the most people happy, you know, to make insu- to ensure that the working class is doing okay and everything's running along just fine. But it's written in this anti-capitalism spirit, you know, it's just right there, you know. It, it's an, it, We're trying to be good people, we're, we're actually really better people because those capitalist b- b- peoples, they are bastards and they should all die. That's like, but the thing is, weirdest part is that it's it's very specific that you know you have to both buy and then resell. This is the crime because if you sell a car which you have acquired, say in a lottery, or or you have acquired some prize from the from the government or something, that's not a crime. the The very specific crime is is exactly the thing which which is like if you bought something and then resold it. And the thing is, I don't really understand why because. It's it's just it's apparently according to according to the this court decision made by in 1975, but it's kind of kind of weird as as I I really don't don't understand don't understand this. By the way, interestingly enough, uh, carrying on with the situation, if someone kind of if, if uh, the the KGB by the way decides that you have been purchasing something for reselling, but you have failed to sell it onwards, then you are still found guilty under the crime of speculation. Because and obviously, obviously, uh, whether or not you actually, you know, if you purchased something and then, and then whether or not you wanted to resell it, uh, obviously that's under... Uh, Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. KGB, nice, nice men from KGB, it's under their discretion. So if your investigator decides that you have purchased something with the intent of reselling it further on, then yeah, you, you can be prosecuted. It's like, I don't know, it's the same thing as, as with that pederasty thing. I just imagine this KGB guy going around and asking, well, dear sir, you happen to, to be a victim of the crime of pederasty. Now, did you enjoy it? And, and, well, well, and the respondent would be like, well, no, obviously. And the no. KGB man can go like, your no did not sound convincing enough. Hmm. Now, where's my jeans? Seriously, all of, all of these crimes here are just about the fact that this all stands... I mean, these laws would function, kind of, if the KGB were incorruptible, completely honest, and everything would function normally, but all this interpretation of what is a crime and what actually constitutes the criminal act... It all relies so much on whatever the investigator at that moment was thinking, or or what's his discretion, that I, I don't think this would fly today. We, we continue on with the craziness. I mean, uh, we wanted to shock you in the first part. Oh, but this just keeps getting better, uh, honestly. I mean, think about this. <clears throat> if you purchase bread or any other grain produce en masse to, uh, to feed it to your farm animals, then that's a crime. Basically... Baked bread, or flour, or any grains, if you buy any of that... In bulk, though. In bulk. Uh, if, if, uh, but it also doesn't kind of say in bulk that much. I mean, it, uh, it, 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 it depends on whether or not you bought it in bulk, but it's a crime. Essentially, it's a crime to buy bread in stores, or in cooperatives, or whatever, or, or in kolkhoz, or whatever, uh, to feed your own um, kind of cattle, or, or your own kind of uh, things. You, you can only do that in specific things. It's, it's because... Uh, and the, the reasoning for this goes that, you know, if you are doing this, then you are kind of not working hard enough for your co-hosts. And apparently, you know, even owning some private farm animals is, is bad because the state should own them. And see, these, this law was clearly made so that people would be even more dependent on the state, I suppose. Exactly. No, but in a way, in a way, you know, in a way you can take it as a challenge. You know, you're not supposed to buy the bread. What do you do? You grow your own. The thing is, if we could pro- uh, probably, you know, normally grow our own bread, we would, you know, kind of do that. Yeah, but I, I pretty but much... But in a way, it is uh, kind of enforcing self-sufficiency from the point that, you know, you cannot buy it in bulk, you must do it yourself. Yeah, but you can't you can't actually grow your own grain in such quantities, because at the same time, Charlie, and I'm sure you didn't know this, but uh, 
see the the very the very small amount and like you can't grow grain and the small quantity of land which has been allocated to you for your own kind of home produce growing and I, see, I know about and, this. And, and and if people were kind of using too much too much like if they had like you know a bigger garden than the state allocated to them that was a crime I mean, just just combine can just come over and just you know plow everything you've grown. So technically, if you want to have cattle, at any rate, and if you want to have like your own meat, which is kind of actually very rare in stores, or you want some eggs, then you have to commit crimes, pretty much. And you know, tell uh, you know, and it once again runs down to the fact that you know. Either, you know, you go how everybody else is going and also, about it by being corrupt. And also, by the way, the law doesn't doesn't actually state how much of this grain to feed your own cattle you have to purchase. It yeah, just says... There's no definite amount. It's just... You, and by the way, you can do this either systematically or in big uh, big quantities. So technically, if some if, if, you're, if your prosecutor decides that, you know, this person has been systematically purchasing bread in the store, how terrible... He's a criminal now. If you buy, if you buy bread too often in the stores, the government might look at you weirdly. Which again leads to all these, all these weird corruption things going on. It just, just the government that, is, the government has gone out of its way to punish to, people. Uh, no, uh, no, uh, out of its way to be able to put anybody in jail at any given time possible. Yeah, but you know what? The, the people who are like sitting on the opposite side of this massive bureaucracy, because all the state is run by this massive bureaucracy, uh, we're coming down to corruption here, because, you know, the, these laws essentially enforce you to be corrupt, but if you are taking a bribe, and you're, you're some, something, someone who, who has an office, it's like, you know, if you're an office holder of any sort, that includes, like, prosecutors, any clerk whatsoever, yeah, that, that'll land you in jail from 8 to 15 years with confiscation of uh, all of your property, and... After you've sat in prison from eight to fifteen years, after that they will they will deport you uh, to Siberia from two to five years. But or or if you have been found extremely guilty with like some some sort of situation which uh, which makes you like you know extra guilty, like uh, then they can decide to just you know kill you. By the way, you can be punished after you. Essentially, this this reading goes like this. After you've sat in prison from 8 to 15 years, you can either go uh, to, to Siberia from 2 to 5 years, or uh, they can you can sit in prison for 8 to 15 years, and then they kill you and take all your, confiscate all your property. Yes, the death penalty comes after your prison sentence, if, if you're, if you're caught, caught doing this. So you see, all these people are just locked in this system, and it makes no sense, because... See, and again, these people who are supposed to enforce these laws are the ones who are there who decide whether or not you, are, you have been purchasing too much bread in the store. Corruption is not ingrained in the system. Corruption is, essentially, it, it, it has become the system. Also, uh, I love the fact how you can also get criminally punished, put in jail for, you know, trying uh, to not get somebody hired, or, you know, just firing somebody because you didn't like him. Uh, yeah, you could technically get punished for that, but that's a real thing that happened, and that's actually kind of... During Soviet era, we didn't have any, like, diapers which were just used once and thrown out. No, no, no. Uh, there were actually, you know, you had 
if you were newlyweds, then you had to go to the store and then you bought a lot of special uh, diaper cool. diaper sheets, diaper cloth. cloth. Yeah. yeah, you bought a lot of that. So washing diapers was a usual activity. But uh, if the nice people from KGB who are incorruptible, obviously, decide that, yeah, you're spending too much electricity on washing these diapers, you you must do it, you are doing that somehow for profit, then you're, you're a criminal. Because, honestly, nothing. If, if in speculation section uh, it is actually defined what speculation is, which is different crime, then in this private enterprise thing, all the commentary section, which is three pages, like, the, the law itself is like, Five sentences, commentaries go for three pages, and nowhere there is it explained what exactly is being a private entrepreneur. Only yeah. thing is, this is terrible because it destroys the Soviet economy. This uh, private enterprises are cre- creating inequality, and obviously, if you produce something on your own and are a private entrepreneur, that means you must be definitely <clears throat> robbing the Soviet uh, Soviet stockpiles of produce dry and are evil. Yeah, and that's how it goes on for every article. Either it's bad for the community, or it's or either it's bad for the system, and it's evil capitalism that will definitely crush your soul. So, hooray for the great USSR, fellas. And, and it's very rarely defined what actually constitutes the crime. Like I said, this leaves a lot of interpretation to, to everyone who works in, in the instances. So, okay, Charlie, we've been through uh, quite a nature here. Uh, got got any other gems you found? Because Charlie was reading this book while I was uh, slacking a bit a while ago. But yeah, so, got anything else? Oh, boy, this is gonna be a uh, mental one. I mean, uh, this is about, essentially, if you're trying to um, build something on the shelf? Continental shelf, Continental shelf of the USSR. USSR, yeah, but but the thing is, this is one of those laws which we read, and it took us about 15 minutes to understand what, 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 what... what did they even yeah. mean? Even with the commentaries. The commentaries make it easier. Uh, for some walls without commentaries, you couldn't understand them. But this one is like reading Kant, guys. This is this is something Immanuel Kant. Yeah. Not, not a swear word. Just, just, just so you know. Immanuel Kant, a great German philosopher. But his books are very, very difficult. Yeah. You have to be careful with this. Oh, boy. So, okay, uh, um, do you want to go at this? Or uh, okay, I? okay. I, uh, as far as I see, it's like... Um, if you decide to build anything... On the continental shelf of the USSR, which, as far as I can get it, it's, uh, if you build anything on the sea borders of the USSR... Without the permits. Which is essentially, like, everything, uh, the, then you're a criminal. So, it, it, this this law penalizes you for trying to build unsanctioned oil rigs. There's a law which states that you you simply cannot build anything there without the permits. But in general, building stuff and all this these these stuff is like this is a very very specific criminal criminal law. And you know what we we found this because th- this follows like every other regular you know this the crimes which are kind of which we included here because we were asked about them. You know the crimes which you know are the societal ones. Uh, this this law is in the same section where you know private enterprises, speculation, uh, illegal fishing. Yeah, you just can't go and fish illegally, but that's common everywhere. And then you go through all these very common crimes, and then turns out that another specific thing is building illegal oil rigs. Because because obviously 
<laughs> well, not necessarily oil rigs, just any construction, as long as you don't have the permits. And uh, I can kind of understand the point for this, in a way, but not in a criminal sense, because um, I forgot which year was it, uh, 2009 or 2011, where a massive earthquake happened and uh, Japan was hit by wave tsunamis. Essentially, a lot of the houses that I just slaughtered down were kind of built on the zone where they weren't supposed to be built. That was a part yeah, but this is about disaster. But yeah, this is just something, you know, you're streaming it and like, okay, there has to be a reason, you know, there kind of is supposed to be a reason for every law, kind of for every tax. I'd say there's not a reason for everything, but uh, there had definitely be a reason something to put something as specific as that in there. Oh, well, also another interesting thing, which is utterly illegal, which... Uh, you, you in the United illegal. States might find illegal. What you in the United States might find especially shocking is that uh, <clears throat> it is completely illegal to receive tips. Yep. If if you uh, work in the service industry, you're kind of, at least in the States, you're used to tips forming most of your salary. But no, no, no. Uh, you can be sent to force... You, you can be judged to forced labor up to a year, or you have to pay a fine for 100 or 400 rubles. Or if you are caught doing the, receiving tips repeatedly, you can be, you can be put in jail up to three years, or you have to pay a fine of 500 rubles. Because obviously the Soviet Union pays enough of its service personnel and its service industry. So if you receive tips, that is a dreadful, dreadful crime. Because economy, man, it, it, it ruins the socialist economy. That's why it's a crime. This is technically interesting because this, there is a law which penalizes slacking off while you're working. But this only, only kind of is attributed to the people who work in, in like clerks or in the bureaucracy. But the problem is, the commentary clearly states that, you know, this, this is attributed to every, every state-owned factory or anything. Essentially, you are considered to be a clerk if you work in the state-owned, uh, say, uh, heavy metals tank factory. You're, te you're technically a clerk. So if you slack off there, you can be again put in jail up to three years. Essentially, you have to work hard for your motherland or go to jail. Uh, this, this, by the way, interestingly enough, doesn't apply to Kolhos, because Kolhos are collectively owned. But the interesting thing is, for this, the commentary also states that uh, the people in Kolhos can decide your punishment if you are just slacking off. So it's like, ah, yeah, you know, local cops will deal with these guys who are just slacking off. So on more of the weird, interesting stuff that's going on is that, you know, uh, technically in the Soviet Union there was um, freedom of religion, or how they say freedom of consciousness. The law essentially allows everyone to practice whatever religion they wish, or propag to propaganda, or commit uh, commit themselves fully to atheist propaganda. They literally, they literally say this uh, prop atheist propaganda. There, at the same time, uh, you can't, uh, even though like everything, like the state and the church are split completely, as it would be in every other country. At the same time, it's illegal, for example. To like print flyers uh, and, and just you know call people to, to visit visit churches or or do any other organized religious activities because they apparently mm, disturb the peace of the Soviet citizens. Therefore, you can technically go to the church, but uh, the the commentary exactly states that it's all superstition and that any religious meetings uh, would would therefore be illegal because they disturb the peace. Yeah, systematic meetings, just like, yeah, as, as Christoph mentioned, just going to the church.
Yeah, it's just, you know, it, it technically isn't illegal, but it kind of is. Then again, this, this is, this, this, by now, this is just getting weirder and weirder. Is, for example, one of these other fun laws that we found, or was it? Oh, oh right. give it to me, give it to me, this one. It just, um, this is uh, the art, uh, article 134, the, uh, law about, uh, work environment safety essentially and um the way i'm looking at it is this uh, guys have you seen final destination remember what happened it's because people weren't doing their job properly like come on a plane got caught, uh, caught fire uh, something went down come on there was somebody who was supposed to check it and he didn't do his job and that's why everything happens you know just think about the series it's all just because people weren't their doing their job properly. And this is essentially the law that tells you if you don't do your job properly, make sure that the people, you know, if you accidentally put somebody in danger, you're going to go to jail for that. And uh, I I like the fact that it has criminal responsibility, but I just can't help but not think of the final destination here, guys. Because that's why it happens, the whole series. Yeah, but, you know, slacking off is also a crime, as we have noticed so far. Oh, one other thing which which I found really amusing is that mm, apparently it is uh, illegal in the Soviet Union to, uh, and this is awesome. This is a two hundred and two hundred and twentieth twentieth article. Illegal teachings of karate. It doesn't even mention other martial arts. It's just that uh, if you teach karate to someone on your own, then it's illegal. And it specifically states that it's illegal to teach karate. Other martial arts, ah, that might be okay if it's done in the sports section, whatever. But, if you teach karate on your own, then you might go to jail for two years. Really, or pay, or pay a fine up to 500 rubles, because obviously, if you teach someone karate, then uh, you are a terrible, terrible person who obviously wants to destroy the Soviet government. The weirdest part is that, this this law sits be- be- between uh, the article about you know failing failing to properly take care of of uh, of a gun for hunt obviously, and uh, is followed by uh, it's a, by the fact that it is illegal to send um, flammable materials through mail. So between sending inflammable, lightly easily flammable materials through mail and not taking care of your hunting weapon properly, somewhere there in between stands. Just a thing which says it is illegal, illegal teachings of karate. And not, not boxing, not sambo, not, not krav maga, no, no other martial arts are involved here. We're talking about illegal studies of karate. Karate Kid was a subversive movie. I love how in the last Karate Kid, the kid was actually learning kung fu. Oh well, you know, it's, 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 the weirdest part is it was actually a Chinese movie. Which, where they, they just hired the kids out. The, well, think about this. I mean, it is illegal to study karate on your own. And and again, and again, between between all of this, you can just just find anything to put anybody in prison. Because come on, uh, remember the one that you mentioned about getting tips? I actually realized what's what's the whole point of it. It's essentially if you receive any type of a you know bribe. Essentially, everybody's giving out bribes to everybody. So technically, everybody could be put in jail at any given moment. Yeah, because tips are also bribes. You are yeah. you're essentially bribing someone. Yeah. And and this is this is like, I, I hope you've caught all the vibe of this here because uh, at one point you can be put in jail for uh, 
everything, everyday stuff that you do, because so much is open to this interpretation. Or then you decide that you want to learn karate. And, and, and God bid, does the granny next door actually notice you doing it? Because she might tell the nice people who just want to ensure that everybody is having a happy and a really nice and comfortable time at the great country. Hello, USSR. I want to denounce my neighbor. He is running an illegal dojo. Oh my. Now tell me. And please. he's enjoying it. He's taking tips for running his dojo. Two hours later, KGB has no questions to ask the man, as the man was nice enough to treat them to some nice fine liquids. Yes. Well, which, he had, which he had completely illegally made himself at home, because uh, moon, brewing moonshine also illegal. By the way, it lands you up at five years in jail. Yeah. Oh my! Yeah, this is... Oh, this this has got it a bit of out of hand. Any, anything else you want to add from, from the Book of Crazies? I don't even know, it just... You open up any page, and you're bound to find something. Okay, there are some parts that uh, are maybe, you know, just more mundane. Some parts, some parts that resemble an actual criminal code for a working government. No, 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 no. All of this resembles something like that. But they have put it in a way that... It just, you can put anybody in jail for anything. You, you can, you can mistake this for an actual working criminal code if you wouldn't look too closely. But the commentaries make it all too clear. Anyways, uh, yeah, this, this, I guess, will be it for this. Uh, next episode is gonna be about the Commonwealth, Poland, Lithuania, narrative episode, much more serious. Either way, thank you for your time, we, and have a happy Easter. Yeah, we, we sometimes hang out on, on there, but I hope you enjoyed the show. It was chaotic and crazy. You know what? We we threw the script out previously because we figured out that this book just um, it melts your brain. It really melts your brain. And the most important part is we have introduced you to the crazy life in the Soviet Union once again. And if you have any special questions about certain laws, I did ask some people beforehand. But if you want to know more, uh, please please uh, follow us on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, send us an email about specific questions that interest you. Also, I, I have some, some letters piled up in my email that I have not yet responded to, but I shall do it in the next available moment, which is going to be probably tomorrow when I'm going to take a day off. But yeah, if you have any questions about Soviet Criminal Code, because this book shall be cherished and, and put in, put in a place of honor in my household, because just wow, uh, then yeah, drop us a message and uh, see you next time. До свидания, товарищи. Thank you for listening to The Eastern Border. If you have any comments or specific details you'd like to know, you're welcome to leave it in the comment section on our site, theeasternborder.lv, and we'll rummage even to the western border to find you an answer. Like this podcast? Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or on our RSS feed. Happiness is mandatory. Good reviews and donations feed the farmers of our kolkhoz in the great motherland. The Eastern Border salutes you. This podcast is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkmyths.org for more shows like this one. The darkness awaits. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 